Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 554, recorded live on Saturday, April 14th, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who might be going outside tomorrow, Dave Pillay. And the man who already had to go to work this morning, Andy Lowe. Hi. Again? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Well, um, we are, uh, we got a new board for one of our studios. Uh-huh. And this board required we take some of our old equipment and repurpose it for the board. Mm-hmm. Because the board doesn't actually have any brains, quote-unquote. It's just, it's, a, it's an interface. Okay. So I had to take one of our old boxes out, set it up to run as the brains of this interface, and we got that all up and running. Uh, the problem is that for some odd reason, they uh, ran a lot of stuff through this interface and didn't mark it down. So, you know, I thought that I was all free and clear by moving things around, but no, turns out our prod studio was run through this box as well. So okay. Yeah, Rather than taking, you know, our prod studio and plugging it into the box that's in our prod studio, they plugged it into the network, ran it through this other box, and then brought it back into the prod studio for recording. Mm-hmm. And that was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because I had removed said box <laughs> from the network. Ah, so your prod studio was offline. Yes. Oops. Mm-hmm. That seems like a bad thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I had to go in there and fix it because we have people who come in on the weekends and do voice tracking for stuff in the prod studio. So, yeah. Okay. But it's not like a live broadcast studio, no, right? No, no. It's just the production. Just the production studio, yeah. Okay. Usually, um, it, at least in the software world, when you talk about prod, that is not production as in, like, I'm going to create it here. It's production as in this is the live environment. So that's what threw me. I'm like, wouldn't that have been way more obvious? Like, your entire studio would have gone offline. No, on air is the live stuff. Ah. In the broadcasting world. Silly broadcast people with their own different words. What terminology that's specific to the environment? Why not just borrow terminology from everyone else? That's what developers do. <laughs> Okay, then how come the developers didn't borrow it from the radio industry, which was alive decades before the software industry? I mean, they might have, right? Where do you think production came from? Well, no, production came from the factories, right? Yeah. Like, that's the production of stuff. But yeah, no, when you're trying to say, like, why not borrow from other things, I'm like, radio's been around since the 20s and 30s. Yeah, producing things has been around a lot longer than that. Yeah. I don't know, I'd probably call that, like, recording or something. But we're not recording. In production? Well, yes, in production. Yeah, so I'd call it recording. That would be my recording environment. Or I suppose I would just call it the dev environment. That's where you go to test things out, it's where you go to work on things, and then when it's ready to go, that's when it goes to production. I'm sorry, on air. Yes, I'm talking about things of which I know nothing about. Yep. When has that ever stopped me? (laughs) I feel like we have a whole podcast built off of this. (laughs) We have 554 (coughs) episodes 
give or take, right? Like there's a couple in there I'm not in and there's some that are just random recaps, but yeah. We we have a lot of evidence of Dave talking about things that he is not familiar with. Mm-hmm. I tend to do a pretty good job about it. It's like an improv episode. I need a place and a time. Let's go. Um, 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 ancient Greece at Socrates' lesson. <laughs> you had to go with Socrates. I know nothing of Socrates. Well, you know what the Socratic method is, right? I don't know. What do you think the Socratic method is? Um, that's not the Socratic method. That's Eliza. <laughs> oh. That's really bad AI. <laughs> that was trying to beat the Turing test. I was close to the Socratic method, right, though? Um, I'm... Mm, mm, in, in a loose sense of right, in that you asked a question... I just asked a question to get you to explain the Socratic method to me. Which is not the Socratic method. No? The Socratic method is asking questions to lead people to the correct answer. Not to get people to do something. But what if my goal was to get you to do something? (laughs) Andy. Yeah? You're still not using the Socratic method. Stop it. Fine... You will get plenty of practice with it, with a young, little, talking, moving thing, baby. <laughs> I don't know where that was going. I I lost that. That slipped away from me. Kind of slipped away from me, yeah. Sorry. For what? It bringing us down this rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, that's... that's that. So you're not apologizing to me, you're apologizing to whoever's listening to me. Yes. I see. So, Dave, why are you planning on going outside in 30-degree weather tomorrow? Uh, Outside is a strong statement. I don't know if I'll actually be going outside. Uh, But tomorrow is the Pokemon Go Community Day. So, you're going to be doing Pokemon Go, but not outside. Possibly not outside. You can do it from inside, or from in a car. Isn't, like, doing it from a car, like, uh, against the not, rules? Not while you're driving. Okay. Pull off the side and park. <clears throat> but you're still not, cause, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I, I'm friends with people in Wisconsin, and I'm seeing, like, the people up in Green Bay have a, have a couple of uh, inches well, of that, snow. Andy, that's like saying people up in Traverse versus Ann Arbor. Yeah, you're right, because you're on the same latitude as us, aren't you? A little higher. Pretty sure Madison's a little further north, but not by much. Oh, you're on the same level as Grand Rapids. Yeah, so a little farther north, but not much. Not enough that it, like, actually makes that much of a difference. Yeah, Green Green Bay's on your good call with Traverse City. Thank you. That's It's Rockford to Ann Arbor, Madison to Grand Rapids, and Green Bay to Traverse. And they're both bays, so they both have, like, similar weather patterns. Yeah. And there's a lot of islands in these lakes. It's really weird as you actually look at Lake St. Clair. Some of the houses on the bay out there. Oh, my goodness. Where is Lake St. Clair? Where is Lake St. Clair? Yeah. Lake St. Clair is the lake that's between Detroit. Oh, Detroit. and Okay, that Lake St. Clair. Got ya. <laughs> that like St. Clair. Yep. That like St. Clair. 
Like I got I got it confused because I couldn't remember where that was versus Lake Champlain. Oh, because and I I thought for a moment that was Lake Champlain, and so I was looking elsewhere for Lake Saint Clair because I remember there was once a a, um, a movement, as it were, uh, to try and get Lake Champlain classified as a Great Lake. <laughs> uh, for those of you unaware, Lake Champlain is like barely visible. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's the lake between like Vermont and New York. And it's it's just like, no, I'm pretty sure Lake St. Clair is bigger. Probably. Yeah. It's close. Close. Let's see. Lake Champlain. Water volume, 6.2 cubic miles. Lake... St. Clair. 0.82 cubic miles. So Lake Champlain is bigger because it is deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Average depth is uh, 11 feet for Lake St. Clair. Average depth for Lake Lake Champlain is 64 feet. I'm sorry, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, should we hit topics? Maybe, possibly, I don't know. Do we have to? It would be a really short podcast otherwise. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, no. Um, so I, we actually talked about this uh, the last couple of weeks where we talked about Steam's information, right? Okay. <clears throat> you know, like the, the sweet spot for game prices. And, yeah, yeah, the, the numbers. Yeah. Yep. Those numbers didn't come from Steam. Right. They came from Steam Spy. Yes. Well, Steam Spy is shutting down. Oh, no. Because in a blog post, Valve uh, detailed updates to people's profile privacy settings. Yeah. And they're turning off uh, a lot of the uh, things that were previously visible. visible. And it's off by default. Yes. So you have to turn it on. And so Steam Spy's source of information is kaput. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. I mean, it's it's good about, like, it, it's it's good for the privacy issues, right? Like, it's good to have that level of privacy, and it's the right thing to do to have it on by default. It's sad to lose these statistics. Yes. Well, I guess pour one out for Steam Spy. Is that also the website that I use for, like, what is my my total cost? Mm-hmm. I go to steamspy.com. That is not the one I use for my total oh. cost. Oh, that's uh, SteamDB. Yeah, but I assume they will also be shutting down. Probably, because then they wouldn't be able to access your information unless your stuff is turned on. Right. One sec. Thank you. No problem. Wait, there's a game called PC Building Simulator. What? On Steam? Yes. Why? Build and grow your very own computer repair enterprise as you learn to diagnose, fix, and build PCs with real-world licensed components, realistic pricing, plus comprehensive hardware and software simulation. You can plan and bring your ultimate PC to life. Interesting. So they've actually got 3D models of PC components. 
And it looks, yeah, it looks like you're able to build your own. <laughs> so I could just like start building computers. Yes. Hmm. Somebody's early access review says USB cables always fit at the first attempt. Not very realistic. <laughs> I like it. That is fantastic. So sorry. Yeah, no. There's, there's a, you can build a computer in order to play a game where you build computers. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty good, right? I guess so. I kind of want to play that game. Well, 20 bucks. Uh, I don't know. That's that is below the price point, but is it a good game? Uh, anyway, <laughs> as we're both sitting here looking at this game and be like, do I really want to play this? But yeah, no, so Steam is, uh, yeah, they're cutting off a major source of information. Granted, you know, it's one of the things where it's like they never really wanted to share much information. Granted, it's weird because they don't share the sales information, but, right. you know. But if everyone has that information public, you can deduce the sales information. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, Steam is, is weird. Valve is weird as a company. Valve is just weird. Yes. It was a uh, game company that got turned into a publisher. Not a, no, not yeah, a publisher, a, a distributor. A distributor, a platform. Yeah. So the keynote at PAX East okay. was uh, the guy who did PUBG. Ah, all right. And he brought up as an example of like one of the things that they do, Gamers Outreach Foundation. Yes. Which is really cool. Yeah. That's it. That's all I, I wanted. It's just like, oh. this was the thing. I don't think we have it on a topic anywhere. No. But like, Gamers Outreach was in the keynote of PAX. They're experimenting with respawns in PUBG? What? But that defeats the whole purpose. The whole purpose is that once you're out, you're out. Oh, uh, it's a limited <clears throat> time event called War. But once you're out, you're supposed to be out. War will pit three teams of ten players against each other in a fight to the death. Unlike normal PUBG, this mode allows everyone to respawn. Players will start games in each life by dropping from the familiar PUBG plane into a small safe zone circle that stays the same size for the entire game. There will still be loot scattered across the map, but players will start every life with a random rifle, a random pistol, one grenade, and a level one vest and helmet. First team to reach 200 points is the winner. So they took this new Battle Royale system and said, let's make a deathmatch game. Yes. Did anyone recognize the, like, irony here? <clears throat> it's new and interesting and everybody loves it. Hey, let's take this old idea and just throw it back at it again. Yeah. It just seems, <laughs> it seems backwards. Something does not add up, but I guess they went and did it. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else do we got here, game-wise? Oh, game-wise? I don't know. What What did we put? Um, Loot boxes. Korea. Oh, loot boxes. Korea, the Korean, uh, what is it? Not the Free Fair Trade, trade Agreement. Commission. Uh, Fair Trade Commission. Yes. Has doled out a million dollars in fines over loot crates. For what? 
uh, three game developers misstated the odds of earning high-level loot. Oh, so it's not that they had loot crates. It's just they misrepresented the odds. Yes. Which is an interesting thing because the odds don't need to be set. Right? Yeah. Couldn't the odds change at any given time? I'm just thinking as a as a as a programmer, as a developer, there is nothing stopping me from making the odds of getting stuff in the crate dependent on other factors. Like how many crates that they've bought? Like, hey, you bought a lot of crates, we'll give you a bonus. Or, hey, you played really well in that level, you have a higher chance of getting stuff. Or your team rated you very highly in terms of cooperati- uh, cooperation, uh, personality, education, like helping other people, educating other players. So you now have a, a 24-hour period bonus where the chance of getting good stuff in the loot crate is doubled. Did you ever watch the uh, Adam Ruins Everything about, um, uh, was it Adam Ruins His Vacation? Yeah, Adam Ruins His Vacation, where he actually talks about slot machines. Yes. And how they can indeed dynamically change. Mm-hmm. So that as you're about to lose, it gives you a little payout so that you keep going. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where I think you were going with that, right? Not quite. Uh, not necessarily as underhanded as that, but similar. Yeah, so um, one of the companies said that some items would be given out at random, while the actual odds of earning items was closer to 0.5%. That is very, very, very low. Yes. 0.5%. What am I... Sorry, I just got a random... This. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got a text from... Some random number asking, is this Andy Lowe? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, do why do you need to? This this is Andy Lowe. Hello, this is Dog. <laughs> why just... do they want to know? <laughs> Hold on, I think I never recognize this number actually. Okay. The thrilling episode of RA Podcast. Oh, okay. I know who that is. All right. <laughs> well, don't leave us in suspense. Coworker. Oh, well, that's lame. I'm sorry. I'm. The, this is like the Al Capone bank vault of... Or no, was it a safe? Al Capone's safe? Glove box. <laughs> hey, I still remember when I explained to you that your glove box can hold a bottle of champagne or a bottle of wine. It can? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's why right. you have that, that notch, notch on the side. Specifically for a bottle of wine. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know where to go from that. So South Korea is, is hitting loot box, uh, unfair loot box, as, as I guess the best way. Yeah, it's basically... Loot box is where people lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, more people are jumping on the mini train. The mini train? Yep. There's the C64 mini. Have you seen this? Commodore 64 mini. Oh my goodness. Includes 64 games. (laughs) Of course it does. 
Do you remember any games from Commodore 64, Andy? Nope. Did you ever have a Commodore 64? Nope. Oh, there weren't many good games for Commodore 64. I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the list of games on the C64 website, and it's just like, no? Maybe I, I missed the, the period where these would be, like, nostalgia, but, like, oh, man, Hunter's Moon. Oh, I loved it. No, no. I, I pride myself on knowing a lot of games and a lot of classic games, and, like, none of these sound familiar. Because they weren't good? I, they might have been good at the time in their own right. I mean, Commodore 64 was a huge thing. There's actually still people who use Commodore 64s for fun. Like, they have a whole Commodore 64 modding community. Those, well, I don't know. The, I don't know if I like that, you know. Well, granted, if the people are happy with it, then fine, but I'm not going to buy one. TheC64.com. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of any of these. No. Street Sports Baseball. Diamond in the Rough. This just looks ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm guessing you bring this up because you saw the news article about the Sega. There's also a Sega Mini. Yay! So what's in the Sega Mini? Uh, they haven't really announced it. They just announced there is a Sega Mini. It might also not even be coming to the United States. Aww. That'd be sad. It's the first console Sega has made since the Dreamcast. Which, who? Mo has my Dreamcast. That's who's got it. All right. <laughs> just like it's somewhere. Why do you have, did you not, you wanted to keep it? You're like, oh man, it's the Dreamcast. I spent a lot of money on it. I spent 50 bucks on it. I'm never going to play it. For a moment uh, yesterday, Amazon had the SNES minis back in stock, and then those disappeared. <laughs> because. Oh, geez. Yeah, so that's it's just kind of like amusing, right? Sega essentially copying Nintendo. I wonder if it's Sega or if it's some other company that went to Sega. I don't know, but and said like, "Hey, let's let's do this too." Remember the glory days. Remember when it, it was Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> and let's let's bring that back and we can get people excited about the Sega brand. Oh, that had to be a fun fun corporate meeting to be in. Right? How can we get people excited about Sega? Mm. Sorry, guys. We have no that, new ideas. We're just going to bring that back the past. That ship sailed. Because, honestly, at this same announcement, they also said they're going to re-release Shenmue 1 and 2. Yep. So Sega literally has no new ideas. Nope. Let's re-release these two games that everybody loves. And then while we're at it, let's just say... Re-release the entire old system. Yes. Oh, did we, uh, I told you I, uh, actually, um, got the Xbox 360 plugged back in again. I, I saw the picture. The picture of you with your son playing on the 360. Ah, uh, yes. Now I just have to find some of my games. Where are they? I'm not sure. 
You don't know where your games are. I know where some of them are, but I'm still missing some. But, you know. So what games are you going to be playing? Like, what brought out the 360? Well, I, um, Assassin's Creed. But, okay. Because I never actually finished uh, Black Flag. And then um, I have Rogue as well that I haven't played. That and also Red Dead and Redemption I also have. So you're like, I just want to sit down and relax and play these ultra-violent video games in front of my son? Not in front of him. <laughs> Alongside no him. <laughs> Come on, Dave. Get with the times. He's going to be holding the controller. I also picked up... Um, Wait, no, like, that's, so what What prompted this? Like, yes, you have these games, but, like, I thought you had a, a dearth of free time. Which is to say, none at all. You're raising yes. a son. No? Not not going to respond to it? No. Just trying to think of, you know, what else I would need to, I need to play Grand Theft Auto Five. Okay. And I, I I'm still, like... Where is this free time coming from? Oh, they're 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 um, random Sunday mornings where you just have nothing else going on. Oh, I've always got stuff going on. That's my point. So, like, why video games again? All of a sudden, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, Andy. I'm just curious as to where your your like inspiration for this came from. I don't know. If you're just gonna have people over, I was gonna try and you know if there's you know something to do. If it's, you know, bad outside. Okay. Sorry, TNT went from, no joke, episode four, Star Wars, to episode one. That's a terrible ordering. That is a terrible ordering. Are you watching Star Wars in the background while we're recording? It's Kate's watching it in the TV in the other room, and I'm, you know. Are you watching Star Wars while we're recording, Andy? The, the TV is, you know, right next to the monitor in my line of sight. Isn't your computer the one on the left? No, I'm on the right. You're on the right. Okay. Yeah, I guess that is line of sight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, I don't know what else we... we you, there's other things in here, like credit card signatures. Which are going away. Which credit card signatures? Like... If I pay with a credit card. On the receipt card, or on the back on the of the receipt. card? Okay. That's fine. I rather, like... I'm I'm getting to be more and more of a fan of the wireless payment system with like the the Google Pay and Apple Pay like that NFC protocol. Mm-hmm. I'm really liking that. Ever since I went to Australia and and that's what you had everywhere. Like that was really cool. I I thought that was a good way of doing it. Yeah, the 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 whole signing for stuff has just been so ridiculous because you know the signature screen isn't gonna. It won't have that fidelity. Anything. Yeah, the electronic signatures is just garbage. Yeah. My personal favorites are the, the people who use uh, SquarePay. And so they, like, turn the tablet around and be like, sign your name. Like, uh, what? <laughs> with my finger. Sign my name on your screen with my finger. Because that's going to be really close to my actual... What? <laughs> Have you, like, started using Google Pay, Google Wallet, whatever they're calling it now? They keep changing the goddamn name. Uh, I used it a couple of times because I wanted to get whatever the free bonus thing was. Do they still do that or no? There was a free bonus thing? Yeah, where, you know, if you used Google Pay, you got, like, a bonus something or another. If you used it X amount of times or something like that. I have no idea. 
Uh, but yeah, and I used it a couple of times, but I haven't used it since, since I got the new phone. Okay. So, I don't know. It was just a bit weird. You know, if I lost my phone and then all of my credit cards are with it as well. Well, but that's why you put it behind the password or your thumbprint. Yeah. Fingerprints would, yeah. I'm actually starting to do that now. I'm starting to actually put a lot of things behind my fingerprint rather than the password. Mm-hmm. Although someone, a, a security expert pointed out how laughable that is. Securing things with your fingerprint on a device that you hold in your hand. Oh, because my fingerprints would be all over it? Your fingerprints are all over the entire device. Especially on the, like, grease-attracting screen. Alright, so which... Do you use the Android Pay, the Samsung Pay, the Swizzle, or whatever it's called now? I I used to use Android Pay, but then Google just changed that, and now it's called Google Pay. They unified Android Pay and Google Wallet. Gotcha. And so I use that. Um, I, oh God, I like there's it. There's an LG Pay now, too? Oh. March 28th. Where was I on March 28th? Oh, that's that's Portage. That's you guys. Ah. I know where I was on March 28th. I was getting dinner with you mm-hmm. at Zingo. Yes. Which is where I used Android Pay last. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, I don't recognize this, but it's kind of cool because, like, when I go into it, it has the map of where it is, and I look down, like, oh, it's in Portage. Oh, right. Gotcha. So, yeah, I I use it, definitely. Should I start using it? I think so. I think everyone should. Mostly because the more people that start to use it, the more prevalent it'll be. I'll keep that in mind. The, The weird part is when you go to a place and they've got it, but it's on the little device that they keep, like, behind the register. <laughs> and so you're like, hey, can I see that? And they're like, no. I'm like, but I want to pay you. Like, give me your card. I'm like, no, I'm going to pay with the phone. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? what are you going to do, like, hack into the terminal? I'm like, no, God damn it. It's just, uh, forget it. Here's the credit card. <laughs> so the more common it is and the more widespread it is, the better I think it's going to be. But seriously, when I was in Australia everywhere was was wireless pay well, yes because their credit card companies here are so behind the rest of the world which is weird because all the credit card companies are here are here they're all here anyway ridiculous yes highly um um sorry i was gonna go say something and then your thingy went off sorry uh grand theft auto 5 Yes, speaking of video games, it's yeah. now the highest... And playing Grand Theft Auto, since you were talking about playing Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Um, it has brought in $6 billion. It's a lot of money. Yes. I couldn't get into it. I have it. It's downstairs. I have a PlayStation 3. I have Grand Theft Auto 5. They are right there. And I just could not, like... I don't know. There's something different. When I played 4, I got sucked into... Uh, the the whole story like right away. Yeah, with Nico. Yeah, and GTA Five. Like, I don't care about any of these people. I don't care about their lives. I don't care about their wants or needs. And I'm just not interested in doing anything about this. And I don't know. Maybe that's because like Nico wasn't actually a bad person, or at least I didn't play him as though he were. Yeah, like he seemed to be pretty honorable. Yeah, when you got... get the options of you know. Your your choices. I always, you know, took the. He just got pulled into like really bad situations. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would also be the fact that they have three protagonists? 
It could be, because, like, you don't get into any one of them. Also, I guess I just didn't play far enough to, like, actually develop a story at all. Mm-hmm. So it made a lot of money, though. Yes, $6 billion. That's a That is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Off of a budget of about $300 million. Yeah. So yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> How much money they made? Mm-hmm. How are they that, still making still money going on strong, it? Like, you know, <laughs> there was a... They actually put a uh, a quest in there just recently. And this game came out when? 2013? That long ago? Yeah, 2013. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so the FTC, you might like this, yeah. says those uh, warranty void if sticker removed or seal broken or something like that. Yeah. Uh, those are technically illegal. Really? Yes. How does that work? I missed what that was, but that's okay. Uh, letters warn that the FTC staff has concerns about the company's statements that consumers must use specified parts or service providers to keep their warranties intact. Unless warranters provide the parts or services for free or receive a waiver from the FTC, such statements generally are prohibited by the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act from 1975. So... So here are examples of questionable provisions. The use of company name parts is required to keep your manufacturer's warranty and any extended warranties intact. Or the warranty shall not apply if this product is used with products not sold or licensed by company name. Or the warranty does not apply if this product has had the warranty seal on the product altered, defaced, or removed. Really? Yes. So what, what can void the warranty? Like, could I'm improper sure, use of the product avoid the warranty? I, I, I don't know, but those things are not allowable to void the warranty, which is funny. So the FTC site, you know, said, you know, company name and product, and so they were very generic. But if yeah. you do some Googling, you find out that the first one that I stated mm-hmm. uh, says the use of Hyundai genuine parts is required to keep your Hyundai manufacturer's warranties and any extended warranties intact. Nope. Which is the first example. The second example, Nintendo states that this warranty shall not apply if this product is used with products not sold or licensed by Nintendo. Yep. And then Sony's warranty states that this warranty does not apply if this product has had the warranty seal of the PS4 system altered, defaced, or removed. So moving back towards the right to repair. Yes. Do you have a banana? A small step back towards right to repair. Yeah. What do you got? Are your PJ sliding on the floor? An Isaac. (laughs) So, yeah, you you now can, if you wanted to, open up your PS4 and look around all those stickers and still have a warranty on it. And still have a warranty. Now, what that will get you is probably still jack shit. What do you mean? I mean, like, what has the warranty ever done? I sent my 360 back with a red ring. Like five times. Yeah, I I had to do that a bunch of times. Best thing from that was learning about the error codes. Oh, yeah. And getting to look those up. You go down the list, you're like, really? That's an error? All right. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know that was an error code. This this will be nice, though, because there are some broadcast equipments that also have these, you know, 
warranty void of seal broken stickers on them that uh, have had some fan issues. And so I don't want to have to take the whole thing out and send it all in just so they can replace one fan. So I will gladly now just pop that sticker off, unscrew the top, be able to pull, figure out what fan I need to get, and then replace it on my own. But does that void the warranty? Well, no, because if they're saying that the warranty stickers that say warranty void if seal broken are But illegal. you're replacing a part with a different part. How is that still a warrantied thing? Unless warranters provide the parts or services for free, they must, you know, we can't, we don't have to use specified parts or service providers to keep the warranties intact. But they have to provide the warranties, the, the parts. If they, if they do provide it and yes. you go in and replace the fan with something else, then they can say like, no, we're not going to fix that. That's not our shit. You didn't take the parts that we provided. Okay, so I'll call them up, see if they can yeah. send me a fan for yep. free, and then I can replace it myself rather than having to take the whole system out. Right. And you it's know the parts or services, though, right? Yeah. So if they, if they also say, no, we'll do that for you, you just have to pay the shipping cost, then yep. you replacing it would void the warranty. Maybe. This is a very confusing topic. Yep. So don't just assume all of a sudden you can go through and, like, start replacing everything. All right. They can make a reasonable case that you caused the problem that is not covered by the warranty. What they can't do is refuse to repair your video card because... All right. I get it. I get it. Get it? Mm Mm-hmm. Got it? Good. Okay. Are you sure? Yes, I think so. Okay. So... In weird news, Comcast and Netflix are teaming up. Okay, with what? Comcast is going to put Netflix into its cable packages. So if you have Comcast, Mm -hmm. you don't need to get Netflix. Nope, because it could be part of your cable package. Well, okay then. The kicker, though is no matter how customers pay for or access Netflix streaming, though, it will still count as part of their one terabyte data cap. Oh, that's underhanded. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, hey, come to Comcast. We'll give you a free subscription to Netflix, but you still have to pay for the data that it uses. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can choose not to use it, but if you use it, whether you use it through us or just from Netflix, it still counts towards your data. You are correct. Data caps suck. Mm-hmm. Comcast sucks. This is garbage. <laughs> Absolute garbage. But yeah, so yeah, uh, Netflix is going to start bundling into Comcast packages. Okay, well, it means my parents don't need to use my Netflix account anymore. Nope. Um... Um, 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 Sprint and T-Mobile. Oh, God, is that back again? That is back again. The on-again, off-again, rom-com romance is back on. We have no idea if it'll go through. Third time since 2014 we've had to talk about this. Third time's the charm? This just happened, right? Like, yeah, months ago? I guess the stock ratio is uh, more palpable. 
palatable. Palatable, thank you. You're welcome. Palpable would be a little awkward. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Sprint stock is down. What's T-Mobile's? Uh, $61. Is that up? Uh, yes. November 3rd was the last time we talked about this. Okay. November 3rd, Sprint, Sprint stock was at 667 Now it's down to about 5 No. T-Mobile, it's, it's November the, 3rd, stock was at 58 Now it's up to 61 Check that date. Because Sprint is at 578 as of closing yesterday. Oh. And back on, uh, what was it, Tuesday when this came out, Sprint stock was up at $6.21. My guess is that Sprint stock went up after the announcement came back. Oh, it, it, it jumped like almost a dollar. It went from 515 to 620 overnight. Oh, not even overnight. In the period of... Uh, 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 uh. At twelve twenty, the stock was five sixteen. At twelve forty, at twelve fifty, the stock was six twenty one. So in half an hour, it jumped by a dollar, which is a lot. Okay, so people are thinking uh, that uh, following the report, we believe the only thing that could have changed since talks fell apart between Sprint and T-Mobile last fall is Sprint chairman Masa Sun is willing to accept a lower price. Other people believe. That he has uh, changed his opinion on retaining control because that was Sprint CEO said it came down to Sun not wanting to relinquish control of Sprint. Okay. Another possibility is that as Sprint ramps up its capital spending to deploy a 5G ready network, the potential cost saving of a merger with T-Mobile began to look even more tantalizing. Yeah, if everybody's gonna start rolling out 5G, having merged together so you're not double stacking. Yeah, that might be a, a reason to bring this in. Uh, oh yeah, so we have um, Verizon and somebody else on our um, the the tower next to our radio station, the one that we use to broadcast out to the transmitter buildings. We've got a couple of cell companies on there. Okay, we've also got a couple of cell towers next to our transmitters. So you know, if somebody is going to be working on there, we literally have them call us, and then we turn down the power so they don't get you know RF attacked and shocked and all that other fun stuff. Okay. And we we couldn't figure out why AT and T just kept on coming back to us and like, hey, we're testing this. Hey, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. You want to know why AT and T kept on calling to get us to do stuff with their cell phone towers? AT&T was running a 5G test in Kalamazoo. Oh. So that's around the corner. Yeah. Why Kalamazoo? I don't know. I didn't know. You know, I thought they were just, you know, updating stuff. But I'm literally in our 5G topic here. AT&T had other good news to report in a trial involving small businesses in Kalamazoo. What? <laughs> like, I was loosely involved with that. <laughs> I had to turn down some of our transmitters for these guys. Yep. The least they could have told you was that they were doing it to test an experimental new high bit rate transmission protocol. Nope. They just said, hey, we got to work on our tower. And I said, sure, whatever. <laughs> Give me a sec so I turn this down so it doesn't fry you. Yes. Was that was that essentially it? Yes. How much power do those towers actually output? Like. If it was going full blast and I was standing next to it, would there be any sort of effect? 
Uh, no, because you're not metal. Okay, but metal things that I'd have nearby? Let's put it this way. We had to, um, one of our transmitters is a 10 kilowatt that's right next to the highway. Yeah. They were doing construction on that part of the highway, putting a new bridge into place. Okay. Um, the construction workers were getting electrical shocks. <laughs> because the cranes were using steel cables was to hoist the metal beams into place. And so it was picking up the transmission. It was picking up the 10 kilowatts. And putting in a current. Into the cables, yeah, and so they were getting shocked. So oh. they actually had to shut down the construction for a couple of days and get a consultant to basically just told them, use nylon ropes. <laughs> or tell the radio station to turn their power down for a little bit. Well, no, we were we were completely within our legal requirement for that. And so we're just like, you know, it's it's not our fault. You guys are putting giant metal structures this close to our transmitter. <laughs> it's like if you want to pay us, you know, our comparable losses for losing signal quality during these times, sure. But or just use nylon rope or just use nylon rope. And that was the cheaper of the two options. So, yeah, that's hilarious. So, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was, there's plenty of, we had to ground so much stuff. Oh, we put a new IP transmitter or IP control thing out there in the computer. I can't actually use a physical keyboard because the keyboard is picking up the RF signals and just starts putting random characters onto the screen. So I actually have to use the on-screen keyboard to actually type in things. Gross. So yes, you standing there, Nothing you won't happens. feel anything unless you actually like touch something metal. Then you'll get a bit of a shock. Okay, but like if I had electronics near it, would those also be picking up the current? Yeah, like um, if I'm close enough to that transmitter, I can't with my car radio. I can't pick up other stations because there's so much just RF energy just getting flooded into my radio that it's just <laughs> it can't figure out what to do. That's kind of funny. I enjoy that. But yeah, so AT&T was doing 5G tests in my hometown. And you didn't know about it. Nope. And supposedly they were getting um, basically gigabit speeds. This is all fixed wire, though, so that we're not uh, fixed location. Mm-hmm. So this was not using a cell phone. This was fixed wireless networks. But they were, yeah, they were getting gigabit speeds wirelessly, and they were having um, latencies as low as 9 milliseconds. And according to them, in some situations, they did not actually have to have line-of-sight connection. What? I know. They learned that the millimeter wave signals can penetrate materials such as significant foliage, glass, and even walls better than initially anticipated. Bullshit. Produced gigabit speeds in line-of-sight conditions to users up to 900 feet away from the cell sites. That's pretty cool. So Sprint and T-Mobile may be merging so that they can just keep up with Verizon and AT&T? That's what it seems. Andy. Yeah? Was that analysis yours or the the articles that you were reading? I think that it makes sense because the... Right, but did, did you come up with it? I, d- I don't know. It, it makes sense. Okay. All right. 
All right. All right. I was, I was about to be like, I think that's the most in-depth analysis we've had on the show all day, but <laughs> okay, cool. Well, good job. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I think that's probably what's going on more than anything else. I think they're just like, in fact, you know, I, part of me thinks that they've probably been negotiating this whole time. The last five months when they stopped, I think it was a, it wasn't a no, it was a not yet. Where they still had people still talking back and forth, just yeah. back channel stuff. Yep. You know, a couple people going out for lunch sort of thing. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, Tesla got kicked out of the uh, investigation on its Tesla Model X crash by got the NTSB. Out, like, kicked out of the investigation? Like, you can't yes. be here? Yes, because they they are no longer party to its investigation, so that the company is not participating in the investigation process, sharing information with the agency, and viewing information uncovered by the NTSB while the investigation is still ongoing. Because both parties must agree to respect the confidentiality of the process while it's underway, and Tesla just recently stated that the crash occurred because the driver was not paying attention to the road. Hmm. So the the agency said that releases of incomplete information often lead to speculation and incorrect assumptions about the probable cause of the crash, and so Tesla is no longer party to the investigation. Well, Tesla came out later, though, (laughs) and said, it's been clear in our conversations with the NTSB that they're more concerned with press headlines than actually promoting safety. Oh, shots fired. They repeatedly released partial bits of incomplete information to the media in violation of their own rules at the same time they were trying to prevent us from telling all the facts. Shots fired. Yeah. Damn. Well, okay then. We'll we'll see what the NTSB says back to Tesla. Besides, your cars aren't allowed on the road anymore. Because that might actually be a thing. No, it won't Mm -hmm. be a thing. Okay. Uh, randoms? Sure. (laughs) Hello, Isaac. It is my review. Yes, it is your review. So I have a game that, uh, some people were arguing whether or not it's actually a game. It is called Spark, and it is, it is marketed as a passive game. So what does that mean? Uh, Andy, that sounds really weird. Just, just gonna put that out there. Like, I get you got your son, so you're okay. But like, wow, that that sounds kind of weird. Um, passive games are games where we don't need to actively play it. It is hi Isaac. Uh, it is it is all happening essentially in the background. So a lot of like the clicker games are kind of like this because eventually you start automating the clicking. If you ever played like the cookie clicker or cow clicker games, eventually you get upgrades where the game clicks for you. And so this is that same style of game. Um, But instead of clicking on a cookie, you just click on like upgrades. And the whole point of this game is that you make numbers get bigger. That is that is literally the whole point of the game is just make numbers get bigger and watch progress bars fill up. Because watching progress bars fill up is like one of the most therapeutic, I don't know about therapeutic, cathartic maybe is, is the right word. Like you just sit there and you just watch and it just fills up. 
I do fills that up, and fills all up. the time at work, though. Yeah. So do do yours come with quotes about like the destruction of the universe? No, because this one does. Because in this one, there are times where you destroy the universe. That's not very good. So eventually, it and it, this is Spark, as I said, and and the way that it works, like you start with just matter, and you tap on matter, and you gain one point, and then you tap again, you gain one point, you just keep tapping, you gain points, but then you can upgrade it, and so it gives you more points, and then eventually you start unlocking, um, essentially directed evolution. And so those unlock other parts of the game. So eventually you not only unlock matter, but also energy and structure. And then the next one you unlock auto clicks matter for you so that it just goes continuously. And eventually you get like time and space and spirit and all these different metaphysical things. And then you start getting upgrades. So like atmosphere, fusion, stars, right? Just like things in the like it's garbage as to what it actually is none of it actually matters but they all give you bonuses so uh things that give you like double xp not xp uh, double growth or whatever but eventually you start gathering knowledge and the knowledge is your inherent bonus and so eventually you can click the button that says destroy universe and when you click that you gain all of the knowledge that you've earned and it gives you a little quote, and your knowledge translates into more bonus, 2% per point of knowledge. And so then you start over. Everything is zeroed out. And then you just upgrade a lot. That's it. That's that's the game. It's watching numbers get bigger and clicking buttons to upgrade. It is disturbingly fun. At least, I think it's fun. I don't, it, I'm enjoying playing it. We'll put it that way. That's just... I... I, hmm, I just don't know. Because there's way too many times I'm at work and I'm just sitting there watching progress bars going, I could be doing something else right now. Yes, you could be clicking buttons in this game to make the progress bars go up even more. Hmm. I'd say give it, give it a try when you're waiting for those other progress bars to go up. Just to see what it's like. If you don't like it, then you can stop playing. I suppose. So that's it. It's called Spark. Ooh. Okay. Hello, microphone. Sorry. I had my phone go off, so I had to reach for it, and then I whacked my microphone stand. The episode of just odd noises. Yes. Odd background noises. Mm-hmm. So, random topic? Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. What is the birth rate of your graduating class from your high school? Wouldn't that be 100%? Wait, ask again? What is the birth rate of your graduating class from your high school? I think the question is, how many of the people in your graduating class have had kids? You see, now when I, I, I'm assuming that's what the question is asking, but I'm pulling one of you and looking for... The loophole answer. The birth rate of the graduating... No, no, that's not the loophole answer. 
I'm assuming that's what, you know, if you, I read this my way, is what's the birth rate of your graduating class from your high school? So how many of your people in your graduating class from high school were born? No, I'm gonna say that's, not what it, that's not what a birth rate is. When you what's say, a birth rate? Because, Andy, then? then the birth rate of any group of people is 100%. What's the birth rate of the United States? Well, everyone's here, so 100%. The birth rate is the percentage of those people who give birth. Side note, the countries with the highest fertility rates. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wow. There is a uh, Niger has a uh, 6.62 per woman per woman. Wow. Now, yeah. is that is that fertility or birth? Uh, fertility. Because, like, does that include babies that don't get born? Uh, average number of children a woman gives birth to in her childbearing years. Wow. But then yeah. you have to look at, like, the survival rate. That's, yeah, that's the childhood survival rate in Nigeria is probably not very high. Oh. Uh, 20 highest countries, and it looks like uh, almost all of them are in Africa. Okay, yeah, infant mortality rates in African countries. Uh, Nigeria is uh, sixth. It's a lot of babies. But they don't all make it. Nope. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So anyway, do we know how many of, of our high school class, our graduating class, have had kids? Uh, Kate has been keeping the Excel sheet, so uh, <clears throat> let me see what she posted. And I guess some of that depends on, like, how you count if two of them got together. Uh, Kate says a 45% minimum. Wow! That is a much higher number than I was expecting. There's probably a big error percentage, but for sure, 45% of our graduating class has kids. Damn, I'm almost in the minority. Mm-hmm. Well, okay then. So, if we do any sort of class reunion now, it's gotta have a kids element to it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it should not start at 10 p.m. It should yeah. start at, like, 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, so about 45% minimum. That's crazy. That's a lot of babies. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, then. As uh, we have joined that statistic. Do I have access to that Google Doc? Let me see if I do or not. God, I have so many Google Docs here. <laughs> Google Doc of list of House of Flavors. Flavors. What? House of Flavors Flavors? Hmm? I was seeing if I had access to that Excel sheet. Yeah. No. All right. So yeah, I just found the um, ice cream flavors sheet. <laughs> uh, before Andy gets too far lost in his Excel spreadsheets or Google Drive spreadsheets or whatever it is, thank you everyone for listening. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.